You are listening to the REI Mastermind Podcast. Join JD as he chats with industry-leading real estate experts and professionals. We learn from their experience and uncover the strategies to their success that we can implement into our own businesses and we can drive immediate results today. They share their experience and wisdom as we build the foundation to our own success. This is the REI Mastermind Network. Well, we have Max Keller on the line this week. And Max, I really appreciate your time. And if you don't know Max, he went from math teacher to real estate investor in a, in a pretty compressed time, actually, when, when you read, read about you. Um, but we're going to be covering a lot of ground here today regarding moving from math teacher. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of perspective associated with, with some of that to, to real estate investing. But I want to kick things off right away because it's important for everybody to have your contact information. And, and frankly, you're going to kick things off. You're giving away a book a book writing checklist and a, and a, a digital book. So if you head over to dealschasingyou.com slash Haas, H-O-S-S, my last name, you'll find those details there um, and really appreciate you uh, giving that out to our listeners. But uh, the premise of your website is really intriguing to me because you have two aspects is finding deals and finding money. And I think uh, as a lot of newer real estate investors, those are two of the big topics that we hear more, most common. So could we, let's, let's start things off right off the bat with how did you move from math teacher to real estate investor and what led you there? Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, glad to be on the show. And, you know, for me, um, I never intended to become a full-time real estate investor. I was very happy. I was a, a high school math teacher uh, at an inner city Title I school in Dallas-Fort Worth. Loved teaching math, uh, coached football, basketball, and track. So I, I had no intentions of leaving. I just wanted to make some extra income. You know, my family was growing and, you know, my pay as a teacher was pretty much locked in. You know, I got a master's degree. I got all the awards, but, you know, the pay just didn't really go up that much. So mm-hmm. I, I looked at real estate as just something to do on the side. I want to just get one rental, maybe two rental properties a year. And then I thought, you know, I'd teach for 20 more years and then, you know, I'd have some paid off properties and, you know, a little bit of a nest egg. So that was the original goal. It was, it was looking for something to do in the summertime. And then I went on vacation with a friend of ours, you know, teacher pay. So we saved up a long time for this vacation. And my friend worked for the government, you know, kind of a similar thing as far as pay goes, big family. He goes, you know, I just bought a rental property. And I looked at him like he had two heads. I was like, what are you talking about? And he's a very, not into taking a lot of risk. So I was really surprised. And I said, tell me more. And he told me how, you know, he had to do something. His pay was locked in. He had some savings. He did an 80-20 loan and put 20% down. And so I started exploring it and I found that it was, uh, you know, it looked really good. So that's what I wanted to do. So I found a local mentor, uh, worked for him for free, and then uh, found my first deal, found, well, I got two houses under contract. After about, you know, three weeks of saying, okay, I'm going to do this. And I was Mm -hmm. working as a math teacher. I was looking for properties. I got two houses under contract. One, I had to release because I bought it too high because I didn't know as much as I know now. I mean, nobody does. 
if you wait till you know everything, you're going to be waiting a while. Um, but I just right. took a leap of faith. I did my research. I mean, I worked hard on it. Um, the math part came easy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then, um, but the other property I wholesaled, I made a good, you know, five figure uh, profit on that and just reinvested into my business and did uh, my first flip in kind of the wrong neighborhood, did my second uh, flip in a great neighborhood. And the first, uh, the first month that I wasn't getting a teacher check, which was September 20th, 2016, um, I had, I got the check for my third property that I did. And um, instead of getting $3,400, which is what I was getting paid as a teacher after all the taxes, uh, the bottom of the HUD one was 34,000. So I made 10 times as much and I just said, you know, I'm not going back and um, just went full time. And, um, you know, it's been a great journey. And, you know, the first two years were really like on fire. But then in 2017, there was kind of a pivot, a change. The market had gotten a lot tighter. The return on my marketing spend was getting a lot um, you know, lower. And so there were kind of two discoveries that I made in 2017 that got me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you've mentioned now regarding your marketing. Can you talk a little bit like how are you finding these deals? And uh, your your website name kind of perks interest because it's deals chasing you. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, so we have, so um, so our home buying business is Save Your Home Buyers. So uh, Save Your, like our Lord and Savior Home Buyers. And you can check out our Facebook page, our website. So that's the website that we've been using to buy homes. And so, and deals chasing you is our publishing business. And we didn't, I had, you know, if you think that I didn't plan on becoming a full-time real estate investor, um, you can't imagine how much I didn't plan on getting into publishing. I mean, I had, that's the, I'm dyslexic. So like you want to talk about, there's just like no chance in a million years. Like I used to make fun of people who would read a book instead of watching the movie, if there was a movie out for it. Mm -hmm. And now I write books and I write lead generation books and I license them to other investors and they plug into it and we help them establish, you know, some credibility in the marketplace to get leads. But all of that happened in 2017. You know, anytime there's a challenge uh, or an obstacle, like at the time it didn't feel good that hedge funds were buying, iBuyers were buying in Dallas Fort Worth. There's a lot of competition. There was a lot of, you know, people who could pay a lot more than I wanted to. So it looked as a, like a really bad thing, but looking back, it was really good because what it did was, is it forced me to do two things. It forced me to identify um, a certain niche that I wanted to focus on. So that helped me a lot in my, in my home buying business. And then it also allowed me um, to figure out or forced me to almost to figure out a different way to position myself. So the way the niche worked was pretty simple. I knew that what I was doing wasn't working, although I had flipped, you know, close to a hundred homes at that point, you know, between you know, all the different deals, the wholesales. Um, I just felt like, you know, I was only as good as my next deal. I was like constant. If I didn't have any houses, it was like being unemployed almost. And Mm -hmm. I needed a lot of leads. And every day I was needing more leads to make, to get a deal and the deals were smaller profit. So I'm not saying this would work for everybody, but just for me, I mean, because I had used everything. I was using websites. I was using um, you know, all the different lists I could get my hands on postcards. I was AB split testing. I was doing yellow letters. So I just said, okay, what, what has been working? You know, sometimes when things get going so fast, it's, you gotta like take a break, you know? So I just like took a little pause and said, okay, well, something's obviously working. I'm here. You know, I've been doing this two years full time. 
what's what what is it that I need to do different? So I made a list of all the deals that I had done and I looked for like which deal pretty much had three things. So number one is uh, a good profit margin. Number two is I wanted the deal to have minimal resistance like to the seller. So when I was working with the seller, it wasn't like, you know, a tug of war. And then number three was I wanted to have fun. You know, I didn't want to just do deals just to make money. I wanted to be, you know, helping people, enjoying the people I worked with. And so to make a long story short, most of my deals didn't meet all three criteria, but the ones that did, I saw the pattern pretty quickly. You don't have to be a math teacher to see the pattern. It was so obvious. And it was, they weren't just motivated sellers, but they were senior motivated sellers. And, and so, you know, I, I helped take care of my grandma. Um, she helped take care of me when I was little. I took care of her until she passed away. I've always been around seniors. And when I started doing the research, I was noticing that the senior houses weren't in really rough shape. Most of them were cosmetic rehabs. I was noticing the ones that I already bought. Uh, the seniors need a lot of other kinds of help. They didn't just need to sell their house. They need to like find somewhere else to live. You know, there was health issues happening. So what I did was I said, okay, I'm going to try to get more of these seniors. And so I just like learned more about the challenges that they were having. I made a list of all the different like assisted living facilities in my area. So if they needed a referral, I just, you know, let them know about it. And I started learning more. And what I found was that when I dialed into a niche, this was 2017, when I picked a niche, it was a game changer for me because I was able to change the messaging on my marketing more to like the seniors I was able to like just have the knowledge that they needed more and I was just speaking the language. And so I was making, I was actually buying some houses for quite a bit less than the highest offer. Uh, one deal in particular, I think it was about $10,000. My offer was less and they took mine. So what I did was um, I just called, this was like six months later, I called the son of the motivated seller and I just said, Hey, you know, you remember me, you know, Max, save your home buyers. Like, Oh yeah, I remember you. Hey, just curious, like, I think you said you got an offer from somebody else and it was higher. Just like wondering why you chose me. And he's like, yeah, we did get an offer that was higher. We chose you. You know, he listed off some reasons. One of them was, the main one was he, he tr that they trusted me. You know, they felt like I genuinely, you know, cared about their parents. I wasn't just trying to get a contract done or just do a deal or, you know, mm -hmm. I was really there to try to help them. I gave them some options that weren't even pointed towards me. So they just felt like that's just the kind of person they wanted to deal with. And that was more important than, you know, $10,000. And I was like, okay, in this really competitive market, that's the kind of people I want to work with. And so that was, that was the, the like part A. And then part B was a lot simpler. Basically, I was at somebody's house uh, buying their house. It was an older, older uh, gentleman. And the, the daughter was there and said, hey, you know, you've, she's like a daughter, but she's like 55, 60. And she goes, hey, you know, you've helped our family out a ton. Um, you know a lot about this stuff. I actually helped the parent move into another assisted living facility. She said, you know, you know a lot about this stuff. Um, you, know, you should write a book about it. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm a house buyer. You know, I was a math teacher. I'm not a writer. Mm -hmm. That's, no, I appreciate that. But then when I got to my car and thought about it, I was like, you know, that's actually a pretty good idea. You know, I could go from knowing a lot about senior housing, which I did at that point, to being the guy who wrote the book on senior housing. But I had never written a book before and I'm not a writer. So what I did was I just made a list of all the questions that people have been asking me in their living rooms. And I put, you know, the answers to them and pros and cons of each one. 
and kind of shut down parts of my business for you know a couple of months. Writing a book from scratch is a big process, and um, and that was my first book, uh, Home to Home: The Step by Step Senior Housing Guide. And it was it's a lead generation how to book that I would give to my motivated sellers, the the seniors and the family members, and they would read it and learn. You know, keep me from having to be in the living rooms for four hours answering all the questions because that's mm-hmm. what was happening. And so I just printed out a, about a hundred books and um, started passing them out, and it became basically my new business card. And it led to a lot of other benefits that I wasn't expecting, but it has definitely been the best decision that I've ever made in my marketing. So, so your strategy then is is developing this. Well, in this case, it was a book. That makes it makes sense, especially if you're focusing on the seniors. Uh, they're likely to go thumb through a book than they are to look for you online. I mean, uh, right. that's that's a big aspect of it. But would you even say that the, you know? I could see how this, if somebody didn't, if there's other niches when it comes to real estate investing, I yeah. can see how this could benefit that. Right. So is this like your go-to strategy? Is developing this book as a as a leave behind, if you will? Yeah, so that's exactly it. So it started out as just my new business card as a leave behind. And then I started to notice some other benefits from it. And I wish I could say, you know, I predicted all of this. The main reason I wrote the book was because I was in living rooms for two to three hours, you know, or four hours explaining all these questions. And I was like, you know, I could just give them a book and just teach them all this stuff. And then if they still wanted to work with me, you know, be pretty sure that all their questions got answered. But it led to all of these other benefits that I didn't expect. You know, one of them was it became my, my new ultimate referral tool. So when I was giving out, you know, tens of thousands of postcards and yellow letters, basically they got thrown in the trash most of the time because nobody wanted them. It was junk mail. Now when I'm giving people my book, you know, they're not throwing them away. So they're keeping mm-hmm. them in their, on their coffee table and they're giving them to other people. So I start getting these random phone calls from people who like act like they know who I am I have no idea who they are. I have no idea how they got my book. And they're like, so-and-so gave me your book. So I noticed that my book started getting passed around. And what would happen was is I'd give somebody my book. I'd send somebody the same mail, same list that I was using before. The only difference is instead of, hey, I'll buy your house cash, just like everybody else who sent you a letter this week, I'd say, hey, I can help you with your house. Or I also wrote a book on you know, all the mistakes to avoid and you know, ways to go through this journey. You can buy it online or you can call our office. We'll give you a free copy. And we were getting a lot of calls from that. And they weren't calls where it's like, stop sending me postcards. Stop putting a flyer on my door as I'm going to sue you. They were like mm-hmm. these little old ladies that were so excited. And they're like, wow, I'm really talking to you. And I'm like, yeah, it's me. And we'd send them the book and we'd say, now, uh, we're going to give you a call in a couple of weeks to um, just get your feedback on the book. You know, that's the catch. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no problem. I'll have it read. And then we call them. And, and the, the conversations weren't just like, when are you going to hurry up and sell the house? It was just talking about the book. And sometimes the, the folks would come to me and they'd have like one idea of how they want to sell their house. And then they'd read the book and they said, well, I read the book and I changed my mind. And I'm like, well, thinking to myself, well, did you change your mind or did I do it? And so, so number one, it started becoming a really great referral tool. Another one that was really unexpected is I started getting asked to speak at local uh, churches. So a church mm-hmm. called me one of their parishioners had gotten a copy of the book and they said, Hey, we'd like you to come and speak at our church. And I was like, okay, you know, I didn't have 
slides. I didn't have anything really prepared. I basically just went up there with some of my books and I had one for everybody and I just stood up and said, okay, turn to page 37. This is something to watch out for. And they're just like really engaged. And, um, you know, folks were coming up afterwards about, there's about 20, 30 people there and -hmm. people are coming up afterwards. Now we're doing virtual and it works the same. And, um, you know, people were coming up there and they were like really excited. They wanted my autograph and they, a couple of them wanted to know if I could look at their house. So I booked a couple of appointments, you know, when I was there. So that was obviously a good thing. You know, it's really powerful when the pastor of the church like tells everybody that this author and guest speaker is going to come. And they also printed out 2000 copies of my flyer for the event and printed it out in full color and put it in their like Sunday bulletin. And I didn't have to pay for any of that. And so those, I didn't know any of that was going to happen. So that was a a huge, huge benefit. Um, You know, and there's been more, but I would say, you know, the other one probably is being pre-sold when I go into a buy call. So before, when I go to buy somebody's house, they're like, okay, basically it's like a job interview. It felt like, you know, there's all these other investors that want to buy the house. Most of them can pay a lot more than I can. So I got like 60 minutes to try to convince them to choose me. And if it mm. couldn't be on price, maybe it was something else. But now when I walk in, one of the strategies that we use and our students who use our licensed content and their market do is we, when somebody calls, we say, well, have you gotten a copy of our book yet? And if they say no, we send them a copy of the book autographed with a courier. And we say, read chapter three. I go, we wrote the book on senior housing, but chapter three is all the ways just to sell your house, pros and cons of each. And so, um, so read chapter three. Can you read chapter three before I come over? And they're like, yeah, I can do that. They're sort of like, what's going on? And then they read chapter three, but they also, I say, you know, if you read through that and you decide you don't need us to come over anymore, no big deal. Just give us a call. And they're like, okay. So now all of a sudden what happens is, is that I don't have to just go rush out there. Like a lot of people feel pressured in competitive markets. You know, the folks that they were going to call, they're not calling as much because they got this person who's like got a book, you know, they're an expert. Mm. Right? That's how they're perceiving me. And, my, and how they perceive our students. And uh, the people that they call before me, they call them and tell them not to come over anymore. And I had one motivated seller tell me this flat out when I'm the only one there buying their house in a very competitive market. They go, well, why would I call anybody else when I have the person who wrote the book on this subject? And so, but they don't just read chapter three, they read the other chapters. And then when we roll over to the house in a couple of days, you know, we're not like trying to, we don't have to tell them our story. We don't have to give them credibility. They are, it's already happened. So those have been some of the benefits that I've received and it's turned into, you know, the best marketing tool. I mean, I've ever used in my home buying business. So I've definitely used a lot of them. Yeah. So, you know, if this is appealing to our listeners, I'm just going to remind everybody again to, to make sure you head over to dealschasingyou.com slash Haas, H-O-S is in Sam, S is in Sam. Um, and uh, you've really given them the opportunity here to to get their feet wet associated with with writing their own book or digital download or something. I mean, it, it, this is this is really a a good and interesting strategy that, frankly, I haven't heard before. I mean, you know, we we have quite a few websites and everything that kind of self generate some of this. I mean, to a certain extent, or um, but. Uh, the the level of niche that you're going for or, or suggestion suggesting is very appealing. I mean, uh, and uh, I mean, 
that that's a that's a good reason why I mean I'm going to be very transparent here. That's why a lot of people have a podcast. I mean, we it adds to to there's a level of credibility, mm-hmm. not only to your website to a few other things, and and uh, having that written form. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you have you've had people say, "Well, why would I deal with anybody else?" I mean, you wrote the book on this, right? Yeah, there's a high perceived value with books, and being an author, you know, a lot of people, you know, we get a lot of house buyers that come to us and they say, or they listen to some of our content, and they say, you know, Max, that's that's cool for you, um, but you know, like I'm a house buyer, I'm not a writer. Like, how am I supposed to write my own book? And you know, mm-hmm. the, the good news about that is that's what. I guess that's that's probably what all of your competition is saying too. You know, it's mm-hmm. not something that that is happens a lot in our space. We've made it we think easier than ever for people to get involved with it. And really, it's two ways: people who reach out to us and our publishing company, they're either DIY or ROI. So a DIY investor is newer. They or they they're even more established, but they like to do all aspects of of their deals you know, taking down the deals, being involved in the rehab, you know, rolling their sleeves up. And, you know, if they get satisfaction from doing that, even though the, you know, getting the the return on investment takes a little longer, there's nothing wrong with that. So for folks who are like just DIY solopreneurs or newer to the business, that's why we recreated the first of its kind book called The Real Estate Investor Book Writing Checklist. And it's basically the checklist that I wish I had when I started writing my first book. Because I wrote mm-hmm. like half of it and then I had to go back and start over because it was new. And so the book teaches you, you know, how to establish who your niche is. You know, Dan Kennedy says two things. The riches are in the niches. And if you're not purposely trying to create a, a, a celebrity status to at least to your ideal prospects, you're asleep at the wheel when it comes to marketing because it's mm-hmm. a measurable, quantifiable asset. Just go ask anybody who speaks you know, for thirty, forty thousand uh, dollars, you know, speaking fee. You know, why are they getting that? Right, um, the celebrity component and the credibility that you get with the book is high. So, for people who want to go DIY, they can get a copy of that book um, that we created for free for a limited time. They just go to that link, download it, and then they can see like what components need to happen to make a good niche real estate how-to book. For folks that are more ROI, you know, they're, it's just time is money. They leverage a team for everything. Their only really focus is just like, they, you know, getting more deals, getting more dollars, everything else is for someone else. For those kind of folks, we have some different licensed content that people can plug into. Um, that's a little bit faster. But either way that you go, it's something that I really hadn't considered until that seller brought it up. And now that I you know, I had, it's been uh, made marketing for houses uh, much easier and more fun. And it's created a whole nother opportunity, um, you know, being able to help other investors across the nation do the same thing. Yeah. And so I, I, I want to kind of un, pull the veil down on, on something as well, since we're, we're talking about book writing. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of people who are listening to this going, well, okay, I, okay. If, if I can get a book written, Okay, how do I get this printed? How do and how much is this going to cost me? Like how do how does that part of the process typically work? And it's usually not as expensive as people might think it is. Mm-hmm. But how does how does that part of the process work? Yeah, so if somebody goes, there's two routes to go. So if somebody they can you you they can download the checklist, write their own book, self-publish it. And so there's, you know, obviously going to be a little bit of learning along the way. The biggest downside to going DIY is just the time. You know, some it's just hard to have a lot of time 
you know, writing a book takes between 100 and 200 hours plus, depending on, you know, how fast you go. We think the checklist will help make it faster. So there's a time component. Uh, when you self-publish, if you decide to self-publish a book and kind of, you know, learn all of that, yeah, then you can self-publish to some different platforms. Um, Amazon, there's plenty of other ones too. And then you can, uh, you can buy your books um, at cost, which is, you know, much less, you know, four or five dollars, um, you know, book to your door. So, you know, when you start getting a book for four dollars, it kind of changes the game. I mean, I've given out a lot. I've done a lot of seven touch yellow letter campaigns at a dollar a touch. And so that's seven dollars mm-hmm. where I could have mailed a book to somebody's house and they would have probably never thrown it away. So it's like when I started doing the math, being a math teacher, I was like, not only is this more fun and the people I'm getting, you know, have just already feel so much like they know, like, and trust me. It's been a really gold mine during COVID because it's harder mm-hmm. to get in people's houses. And if you're a persuader and you have great connection with sellers, you know, and you're like, man, my problem Max, is just leads. And when I get in the living room, I always buy the house. Well, if you're one of those people, it may be a struggle right now if you're in people, you know, if you're not as many houses, but mm-hmm. with us, you know, I used to go around the city and put bandit signs around, you know, every city I was in. And, um, they get picked up and thrown away. And obviously people don't like those. Now I have hundreds of bandit signs in people's living rooms. It's my book on their coffee table and they cherish it. They would never throw it away. And whenever they need something, every time that they walk, they grab the remote, they think of me. And so it's just, it's putting myself not only in, in their, in their mind share, but literally in their physical space. So if somebody goes DIY, that's sort of what it looks like. Somebody who plugs into some of our licensed content, um, we have some different programs that start at 997 and go up uh, to set up their book form. And the time goes from about 100 to 200 hours to just one to two hours. Mm-hmm. And then our team takes care of the writing and the copy editing and, the, and all the publishing. And then we send links, um, retail links for people to share where folks can buy their books and you know, they can show their audience that they're online. And then we also send them the cost uh, pricing links, and then they can just buy as many as they want. But that's sort of, you know, how it looks. It's an area of marketing, especially in our space that, yeah, I haven't seen as much either. You know, we got, um, Robert Kiyosaki presented me with the innovator of the year award at a big conference last year for this system and really wasn't expecting that obviously, but it is a little different. And I feel like in times where it's, um, you know, deals are really challenging, and we have, we have niche uh, licensed content for raising money because there's an educational component there. Anytime that you have to convince somebody to say yes to something in order to get paid, there's, and you have to explain something that they may not understand, mm-hmm. me being a teacher for seven years saw the educational opportunity. And so we have some licensed content on the private lending side. And the book that we license you know, has 13 different chapters, like, what questions you should be asking borrowers? When what happens when a deal goes bad? What's what are the three biggest things that you need to look for if you're thinking about investing in a deal? And so somebody can go write one of those books, but and that's fine. And the the checklist will help them. But we have some licensed content that investors plug into, and so then in an hour or two hours, we make their custom edition, and then they can give it to potential private money lenders, you know, in their market and say have you ever thought about, you know, investing in real estate? And they're like, never thought of it in a million years. I've been all stock market and I hate it. So, well, yeah, I wrote a book on this. 
if I gave it to you, would you read it? And they're like, oh, unbelievable. Yeah. And then they read it and they make their own decision. And like Perry Marshall, the marketer says, you know, they raise their hand and say, hey, I'm interested. How can we get, instead of trying to, you know, drag, drag the fish onto the boat, you know, that's just fighting and squirming. You can do that. People do it on the, on the, on the sports channels, but it's really hard. Why don't mm-hmm. we just find the most cost-effective way to get our message out, to get people to raise their hand and go, I want a book, then give the book out for $4 instead of $7 worth of postcards that they're going to throw away. And then they read it. And then a percentage of them raise their hand again and say, I want in on this. And that's, so that's how we're doing our marketing. And um, it's, you know, it's been a, it's been a cool balance of the relational part. We lead with value. So we're positioned as educators, as advocates, not salespeople. We lead with a book. So we're positioned as uh, credible experts. And um, and it's more, instead of hunting and just like trying to chase people down, it's more of a a share and attract. We just share what we're doing. And then the people who want to work with us do. And let's face it, if we have our choice, we probably want to work with people that really want to work with us. So it's kind of a win-win. So, you know, we talked about the senior motivated sellers, and that seems to be your niche. But with this platform that you're referring to then, do you have like examples of other niches that people have have kind of pursued? Yeah. So, we're constantly, we've got a new book that's going to be coming out soon that's more general and it's a little bit more wider scope. So, um, different chapters talk about different points of uh, distress so that one will be out pretty soon. Uh, we're always adding new niches and it always it comes from the feedback of, you know, the, the real estate investors that we're talking to. But yeah, for right now, our main focus is uh, the senior niche. It has a lot of advantages. So we have a whole system built around that. We have some niche uh, licensed content for people who are trying to attract private lenders. And then we have some more um, niche content that'll be um, you know coming out. So, you know, stay tuned for that. So I really appreciate your time. And before we, before I let you go, like, is there any questions that are topics we you wish we would have covered here today? No, um, you did a great job. The questions were awesome. I appreciate them all. I would just say, you know, I would say for me, I wish, all I can say is I wish I had done this sooner and I didn't know how accessible it was. I didn't know mm-hmm. that, um, by leading with value, you don't have to be 99, you know, hundred percent perfect. It's just, it's like, just like, it's a totally different way to buy houses and I like it. And I, I've seen people try it, but I would just say that if you're in a competitive market and you feel like, you know, you're not standing out and you're a dime a dozen, you know, and there's so many people doing stuff, you know, what can we do to differentiate? Um, and it's 100% in your power. Like I said, I'm, I'm dyslexic. Uh, I, I read like seven books the first 35 years of my life. I started reading a lot lately. But um, and it's accessible. It's more accessible now than ever. And so download the checklist and kind of go through those questions. And even if you don't end up writing a book, uh, even if you just write an ebook or you just use some of, of the stuff in that checklist to uh, just update the, the marketing that you're putting on your website or your, um, you know, on, on your your mail, um, having a, a, a frame of mind that's more around education and leading with value instead of just, you know, just telling people what the, the features of your business are. It's produced a lot of great results for us. It's produced a lot of great results for our uh, students. And I, it can work for you. You just, it takes effort. It takes commitment. And the first step is just to check that out. We have some free videos on our website quite a bit because what we're doing is a little bit unique and different. And, um, 
some of the folks, you know, maybe they think they understand it, but when they peel back the onion a little bit more, they go, Oh, wait a second. Oh, wait a second. So if it's something that you're interested in, you know, just check it out. Enjoy the videos. They're free. So, you know, while to wrap, to wrap up here today, I remind everybody again, go to dealschasingyou.com slash Hoss, H-O-S-S, um, and to find some more details regarding this checklist. But um, I did want to kind of summarize a couple things that uh, kind of stood out to me. Uh, uh, what I think is a great exercise that you brought up is that I don't think anybody does this as much as I think I, I, I wish I would even say that, I, that I've done this, is look, path, look at your previous deals and be honest with yourself and, and to see where they're coming from and which ones created that profit, had minimum resistance, and the ones you enjoyed. I mean, that's, that is a great exercise everybody should be doing. Um, and uh, I, I think I'll have to do that here this weekend. I mean, this is, that is a, that's a big strategy that I think people see, need to take advantage of. Um, the niche thing. Um, that that really is striking. I, I think when when we talk about real estate investing, a lot of people, when we say niche, they people think just wholesaling, just fix and flipping, just just uh, buy and holds. But you're you're taking it a step further, finding those motivated sell- sellers, but a motivated senior sellers. Uh, what you focus on is what you what will grow, and and that's a perfect example. Uh, like you mentioned, the cash is in the niche. Um, that's really great. Um, it's obvious that you're catering this material and marketing towards that senior audience. But frankly, just talking to you here today, I can tell instantly that this is a population that you genuinely care about, and that frankly comes across when you're talking to those people. So that's part of the fun aspect of this. Find that niche you enjoy. And then um, the one thing that you didn't bring up, but I'm going to say I gleaned from our conversation is that, you know, you talked about how people have, you're sending these postcards one after another. and, and, And frankly, it takes seven or more touches now for somebody to take action. It's quite ingenious to have that book sitting on their coffee table. Every time they glance at that book, that's a touch. That's that future investment you are likely going to be making, whether it's through creating a book or sending out that next postcard. I mean, that's, that's frankly brilliant. Um, any, anything else you wanted to, to add to that? I, I, I mean, my, my summary is getting pretty lengthy here. <laughs> oh, no, you did great. You know, some people ask me, um, I get asked all the time, what about selling your book? You know, is that a good way to make money and, you know, get a return? And, I, you know, of your time or, you know, your money when you create a book. And, you know, when I got my book, I started giving it away. And my family thought I was nuts. They were like, why would you spend all this time you know, creating this book, and then you're not even getting paid for it. And, you know, there are definitely some authors that, um, you know, make money from a book, you know, JK Rowling, or, you know, um, Stephen King, you know, but Mm -hmm. me, it would have been really short sighted, because the value of getting a new customer in the real estate investment niche is so high. So I didn't really want to put any barriers into people getting, you know, my book and and putting it because what's interesting about a physical book is unlike an ebook, a physical book actually has a tremendous value 
uh, whether they read it or not. Because number one, it places a physical anchor, like you said, on their coffee table. They're not throwing it away. So that's a touch every time. But the other thing is that there's a certain amount, when your name's on a book, there's just a certain amount of, you know, credibility that's just inferred, you know, a certain amount of trust uh, that's inferred. And so, so that's huge. Um, and I just wouldn't, if I had just sold the book, you know, like I said, it would have, sure, people give me money for the book. Absolutely. You know, I even put the book online and um, I hit a couple of bestseller lists, which was really cool. And I get a little bit of royalties from selling the book. But, but if, if you think that the money and uh, most of the people who make money selling books are people who are already famous. And so I, I noticed that some of my marketing wasn't was really wide and people are like, well, that kind of applies to me, but not really. And they throw it away. So when I went really niche and I put a lot of value in it, there's a perceived value of a physical book. We get, we have eBooks in our system too. I wanted to touch on that. Those are still valuable and those are still good. The only problem with an eBook is, is one, it has a lower perceived value than a physical book because it just mm -hmm. seems easier to make. Um, usually shorter. And then number two is that it gets mixed up in somebody's email or on somebody's computer. And so it can get lost in the shuffle a lot easier than the autographed books, you know, from the author on the bookshelf of our motivated sellers. That isn't as much as maybe the email, but we still use eBooks because they're a good way to get people to raise their hands. So what we'll do is we'll run, I have geo-targeted ads for my home buying company, where it's just educational videos. I'm pointing to my book. You can see the examples on my Facebook page and my YouTube channel, Save Your Home Buyers. And so I'm just teaching people and I'm pointing to my book and folks in my local market are watching them and they're just like, wait, who's that guy in front of city hall? What's that book? You know, and now they're, now they're turning the sound on, they're watching it. Then we're, then we're, we have a, a way that we set it up to where it sends them more videos. So my new postcards have become my digital educational videos to home uh, sellers. And then my new postcards physical are the book, but the, mm -hmm. the digital one is really cool because then you can get a thousand people to raise their hand and say, man, I want a digital one, you know, and then you send them that and say, if you want to go to the next level, we'll send you a, a, a physical copy. So there's still value in both, but yeah, between just getting more referrals and, you know, getting the opportunity to speak at places and being pre-sold when I walk in, that's the biggest benefit by far because, you know, monopolies, you know, make money when there's less competition. So how do we create less competition um, in a market with a lot of competition and, and how do we, how do we win when we're not the highest price? So I picked a niche that was less price sensitive. I picked mm -hmm. a niche that was more resistant to technology and a niche that was more distrusting of just salespeople. And then I picked a niche where I could put a lot more value into the deal through a lot of helping them in other areas. And then by putting that all in a book and being positioned as like more of a consultant, um, and the trusted guide to help them along the way, they see the value in the deal. And that's why the profits are higher. It's not higher because I know I'm a hard closer or I went, you know, one of my friends, John Martinez, I was at his house a couple weeks ago. And yeah, we know John quite well. Yeah, he's, a, yeah, he's a great, yeah. he's got a beautiful house and great guy and he's got great sales training. And that stuff is important. I just never was very good at being a hard closer. I've always been just a teacher and educator. I just show people the options and let them pick, which is actually a lot of what John does. But, you know, I, I felt like I was losing deals because I wasn't the hard closer. Now these people, you know, are picking me. And so it works better for me and my personality. 
And um, yeah, so, so far so good. We're just going to keep expanding it, adding new niches that make sense and um, you know, just growing it. It's been a real pleasure being on your show today. Yeah, I really appreciate your time. Again, if you want more information, head over to dealschasingyou.com slash Haas, H-O-S-S. I'll make sure that we have all the links in the show notes. Really appreciate your time and, and I hope we can do it again sometime and maybe I'll corner you and we'll talk a little bit more about the raising money piece. Awesome. I would love that. Thank you again. Have a great day. All right. Bye, guys. This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time and tell a friend.